0: Hayes Johnson was homeless, traveling a nomadic lifestyle for the better part of 10 years. From smoking crystal meth, to vagabonding on trains, to eventually pursuing a path of sobriety, on this episode, Hayes shares his life experience as a performance artist. Swallowing swords, hammering nails into his face, rapping, singing, playing guitar, getting into straight jackets, getting out of straight jackets, Hayes has cultivated a skill set that allows him to build a crowd in any arena be it the street or the stage. He offers art in the form of sideshow entertainment. But he gets nervous every time he performs. Fear, anxiety, and self-doubt. As soon as he begins to speak, as soon as he takes a plunge into the unknown, allowing himself to be seen, something happens. He's given gusto, a surge of wind, carrying him through the performance. A few weeks ago, I drove to his home, the Black Hole Bordello, to catch a conversation. This is Inside the Mind's Eye with Hayes Johnson. Everything in my own immediate experience supports my deep belief that I am the absolute center of the universe, the realest, most vivid and important person in existence. But it's pretty much the same for all of us. It is our default setting, hardwired into our boards at birth. your essential self is the foundation of the universe. Just as the waves are continuous with the ocean, your body is continuous with the total energy system of the cosmos, and it's all you. That self is the basis of all being. We are the consciousness that allows the universe to view itself.
1: Life, as we experience it, is a big act. And
0: that behind this big act is the player. And uh, the
1: player is you.
0: This is, let me let me start with what I think I know. Yes. From what I from what I heard from uh one of your maybe one of your sponsees or one of your friends, mm-hmm. at the age of fourteen you left your parents' house and you went on the road.
1: No, not true. <laughs> I'm off the bat. So, yes, I first of all I was never fourteen. <laughs> I skipped that year. Okay. Um and then I was held back at fifteen. Okay. Um, so I was fifteen twice. And then sixteen. Okay. But uh, to correct you, um, in all in all earnestness, uh, I first of all I'm not I'm not even correcting you, Adam. You're not wrong. I'm giving you new information that is correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was 15, and I was sent to residential treatment for um, about three and a half years, and I finished high school there. Oh, really? So I was on the opposite of the road. I was in a building almost all the time.
0: So for you did your high school in a, in a treatment
1: center. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: You're a sober guy. Yes, I am. How long uh, you've been sober for a while?
1: I, I it's been a long time comparatively. Yeah. Uh, okay. And
0: your drugs that you were using what were what were you using? Uh,
1: heroin, crack, cocaine, also regular cocaine, crystal meth, methadone. Um, PCP, acid, LSD, in in layman's terms. Ever use meth? I used a lot of meth, Adam. Yeah. I've used, um, fucking Robitussin. Mm. That, that was why I got sent away, actually. Originally, Robot I started trippy. at 11, I started smoking weed for the first time. And so, from that moment on, every single day, from that day on, the first time I smoked weed, I, um... Found weed, starting the next day. I went for didn't know anything about it, went and found it like a straight up crackhead. But that was weed. Do, do head. you do you remember being eleven and
0: smoking for the first time?
1: Yeah, very well. I still remember it like it was yesterday, actually. Where were you? Uh, I was at uh, Andrew King's house, a uh, childhood friend, um, and I was at his house. We went out back. We had a zebra pen. Uh, which were those metal those metal clicker pins. Um, then he showed me how to make a bat out of a zebra pin. So you'd we, take the top, you'd screw the top off, it was metal. And so it was a little bowl. You could smoke out of it. You'd flip that top around, stick it into the tube of the pin, which was also metal, and it would just fit right in there and you just load it up and, and smoke. So immediately from the first day, I had the like the know-how uh, not only to smoke, my at the time immediate drug of choice, but also to hide it. Hmm. Um, because you just turn it right back into a pen and so you could take nothing extra to school that day, duck out somewhere, smoke weed, and uh and go back to class late, might I add. Had your parents ever talked to you about drugs or anything before that? Not that i remember they probably i'm sure they had but I, um, you have you have parents not, y- yes i do i have i had a mom and a dad um biologically um and also same two in that raised me as well
0: are they still uh, they're still kicking around they're
1: still kicking around they're Together? married still yes ah. and and they have uh, they're they're wonderful
0: how was your general upbringing? How what, what kind of words would you use to describe your upbringing?
1: Um, I would say privileged in uh, in certain ways, and also extremely um, lacking in other ways. And also, I would say, like. Um, my perception was completely fucking entirely insane from the moment I was born. I think. How so? And uh, and so I never really had much of an idea until I looked back in hindsight exactly what was going on. And even then, it was all colored by my experience of a of a misunderstanding, like uh, insecure, fearful, completely confused, uh, and and constantly. Uh, you know, unsure of how to how to go about without being at odds with the entire world. Since as long as I can remember, and so it's hard for me to tell what was actually what and what right, was right. in my head. You know, but,
0: but would you say that you were your? How was your mood throughout your childhood? It like, was very. Carefree? I was depressed. You...
1: Always depressed, as long as I can remember, and very anxious. Mm. Very anxious.
0: So you, so you're 11 years old, and you did you have any fear about smoking weed? Were you like worried no. about?
1: I, I don't think so. You
0: just gave it a go and then you said then what happened the next and day? And I so
1: we that night we were playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the video game Turtles in Time. Yep. Yeah, dude, That's the a best. Good game. Yeah. And and uh How old are you? Um 31. Okay. Now, so this is exactly 20 years ago to this day. I just made that up. It was sometime about 20 no, no, years no. ago.
0: If you were 11, it was 20 years ago.
1: But it, well, I don't know if it was today. I made uh, that part up. Yeah.
2: Um
1: but I I thought that would spice the story up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Honestly, uh, I'm excited to get to the part where you're on trains and stuff. That's oh, yeah.
1: Like, oh, yeah. Okay. we'll we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Because,
0: I mean, I, a lot of people might not know who you are before they listen. Uh, the way we met, we met through an AA meeting. Like, I met yes. you years ago outside of an AA meeting. Uh, and for lack of a better word, you come off as a individual to the truest extent. Thank you. I've never met anybody like you. Thank you. And that is the highest, I think, yes, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Because that's what I aspire to be. I aspire to do, feel, think, however I am, without concern of the perceived outside world. You know,
1: Adam, it's butterfly. funny that you mentioned that. It's funny that you mentioned that. First of all, you are a butterfly. Thank you. So you're a very large butterfly. Thank you. Um, second of all, I said to uh, my folks, I just had dinner with them tonight before, um, they dropped me back off here right before we... I ran into you on my porch and um, or for the purposes of the video uh, in the meadow above the house. And then I walked you down into the house. <laughs> yeah. Cause
0: as you guys know, should know if you watch the video, we're both naked right
1: now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, but naked. <laughs> um, and uh, two butts, we each have one. And so, um, Adam, I told them like that. I have felt like, uh, always since we met like, uh, um, the way that we interact with people, and and our senses of humor, um, and just our just our general like spirits, are like I feel very out of like ten people, you know, that I've met probably in the program, like a kindred spirit, mm. and uh, and I was and I said to them like even though we we like look a bit different on the outside like this guy just is himself entirely. Mm. And uh, so I think, you're like, fuck whatever you think, I think you have done it. I think you have done it. <laughs> Thanks, dude. You're welcome. You know, I I think the trait
0: that we sh- we both share is that we accept people for who they are in any given moment in time. Yeah. And I think the trouble is when it comes to working in a 12-step program or being mm-hmm. around uh, AANACA meetings mm-hmm. is the idea that that the things we say or the things that we're doing should be done by other people. Right. Right. Removing that notion that, that we can even, there's no, we can't change anybody. Right. We can't.
1: Right. Sometimes. Boy, have I fucking
0: tried. Yeah. That's how you get stressed out. Yeah. And so, you know, for me specifically, my whole thing is going towards the things I love. I want to be, I want to be doing things that I, I dream of. I want to be hanging out with people that are exploring themselves creatively. Mm-hmm. I want to push the boundaries on what is uh, expected and what is possible. Yes. I want to try my damnedest to, to make things that I wish I could see here or experience. Definitely. I agree. And I remember I was at the Lucidia show and I saw you out there doing your, your show and you you got the you're doing the sword swallowing you're mm-hmm. doing the the what's it called the uh the block blockhead the human blockhead yeah. and you just you you have this presence about yourself that attracts all these people to you like there was this I came to your party a, a month or two ago yeah it was so fucking badass and thank you you seem and this is just from my perspective hanging mm-hmm. out with you today and from what i've seen you seem like a leader in the thank sen- you. in the sense that you're you're looking out for people around you because you've lived through what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to ask you, um, I, and this is one thing I struggle with is, is the truth is the stuff that I do, the the things I write, the videos I do, the things, uh, this podcast, everything has been, it's been loaded with fear and anxiety. Yeah.
1: Well, I have been the entire time, since well since i was born but but more <laughs> more recently uh, i mean especially earlier when we were trying to when you know we were doing all the music stuff you know every, like really ever since i had to confront that situation and and kick um somebody out of the house um, whose name i'm not going to mention uh, just in you know in case hopefully he does hear this i want him to hear this i, I love the guy um, and um but I, I really didn't want to do that, but I was sort of in a bind where like, uh, and this is the thing about like being a, like a quote unquote leader, you know, or, or being like, I have like a dual role here at the house where I'm the head of the house, all the, you know, the every, I deal with the landlord. I'm, I'm the one who's on the lease, you know, and I, I kind of like to an extent pick and choose who lives here. Um, uh, me and and the rest of the house like you know as a group mind kind of figure these things out but having like trying to have this place as a as a um you know sort of sort of bastion of of safety or whatever mm. um and and nourishment for people who are who are going through various things um i i tried for a long time to do it um, in a, in less of a specified way than specifically for people who want, like, complete abstinent recovery. Um, and it was too much stuff and too many cooks in the kitchen kind of, kind of thing. And so it put me in a role, though, of trying to be of service in my household and being the head of the house where, like, I'm sort of sandwiched between the, sort of the desires and or, like, best... Um, um, mm, like like the, you know what's best for multiple people, that that causes causes me to be put in situations and have to make decisions that I don't want to make, but are like one is one is more right than the other, but neither are neither are right. From an outsider, from an outsider looking in,
0: it seems uh, hippie esque in the sense that it's especially with the rules that you set up for the house uh-huh. and the types of people that you're that, that are around because yeah. it's kind of like we're here now yeah. who gives a shit how nice things are who gives a shit uh, how, about the whole money situation like I I feel like you feel the same way as I do about money it's just a fuel yeah absolutely uh, there's it's so a... much more to life than just and so when I, when I we,
1: th- let me stop you real quick yeah we like to think of it as more of a punk rock uh, ideology and aesthetic, right? And hippie, just yeah, well, how, just not that I not that I I really don't even give a shit at all. No, no, no. about like punk putting rock labels punk on rock it is or the subculture, so on and it. so forth. But I think that's more accurate for people who are just listening or whatever to get a, a mental image of. So let's let's define know. punk rock real quick because right. you're exactly
0: right. That's exactly what this is. The punk rock is not the kid who goes to the store and buys the cut jeans. It's not the kid who goes and gets his hair did up because he wants to look a certain way. It's the kid that shows up, not making any preparations, just doing what he feels and what he what he likes, and yeah. not giving a fuck about what anybody
1: says. Absolutely, about absolutely. And I and I would be lying if I said I ever did anything in my life without giving a fuck about what other people thought about it, because that is not true. Yeah, that's where but, the
0: fear and the anxiety comes yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing absolutely,
1: like, but but yeah. Also, like something that is believed in strongly um, and, and will be fought for, mm. um, regardless of what the, the status quo um, states it should be. So, what we're
0: really talking about is freedom. Yeah. Which is not ideological being, freedom. Ideological freedom, which is not being uh, regulated by a, an image or an idea of who we're supposed to be. But really, allow really allowing ourselves to cha- challenge ourselves to express ourselves the way we would want to, yeah. and with that comes comes a it needs you need courage to do it because it's it's like swimming against the current, and that's what I've noticed with all the stuff that I've been doing is it's it's I'm seeing things I just I can't be.
1: <clears throat> There's a lot of uncertainty yeah. when when that you know when that's being done. It's it's trying to. Um, do something in a way that we don't have any model for already, you know what I mean? Uh, Like, most successful people in life um, get there because they've followed the example of one or many other people who have been successful in that way before them. And, you know, and trying to create a new version of of successfulness, or, or, you know, provide a new um, current with, which within is, which, which to is, swim or so forth it, it, is is very it, it always involves stubbing one's toe and hitting one's head against the wall so many times when there's no precedent and set up and, and you know, it's, it's trial and error it's relative yes too, absolutely
0: because what is the idea of success what's the idea of the American dream right hit it what is your idea of success
1: well um, I think uh, the, the ability to love and be loved that's it my girl, my girl,
2: don't you lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine. Well, I shivered the whole night through. When I think of you,
1: yes
0: having said all the shit we just said before uh-huh. when i think of you in this moment and what i've experienced of each other's leading up to now uh-huh. i think artist to the truest sense of the word Thank with you. with your body with your with your language the way you speak the way you communicate in song and rhythm and poetry uh the way you do acts the way you've created your life around you is as you exude artistry in the sense that you uh provides something that challenges and makes people think about what is real and what is fantasy.
1: Yeah, I and it makes me think about that also. Um I there's a there's a Native American um sort of like a, a demon, quote unquote. is it's called a Hayoka spirit. And um if, I've been told by a handful of people over the years that I remind them of that, and so I looked it up and i I remind me of that also, and I was like what this is uh I love this, this is what I want to be, or it reminds me of what like I strive to be and to do, and that and the Hayoka was a thunder spirit, um they call it but it but it was basically a sacred clown, so it was it was someone who would um They're like, do everything upside down or backwards or like uh, just basically satirize the things that people, um, these routines or ideas or whatever that people took into their heads as being absolutes or as being like the way things need to be done or as being um, the right thing or the righteous thing or whatever. And they would flip them on their head in a way that was comical in order to get the person to digestibly go, huh wait a minute that is kind of silly right you know what i mean and and that's that's what i try to do
0: and and that's and just to put it in the context uh when we we talk about stories yeah there's a ton of different stories that people will take and and digest and make them their own Mm -hmm. so what hey does is it challenges your preconceived notions on what it is you believe
1: yes exactly
0: yeah I don't. There's nothing more. I, I don't think I have to rattle off the major religions I of the like world. That. Yeah, but we all know there's major. I mean, okay, I don't believe. Fair enough. I like. Yeah. I
1: literally create my own stories in my head. Yes. Yes. Well, we all. That's what we've always all done. I think. I I do think that there are archetypal forces, uh, whether they exist outside of us or inside of us, and I don't think that that really matters um, all that much. Uh, or it doesn't in the experience of it, as as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but but uh, that we that we assign like names and and stories to, and sort of like uh, uh, personify it, uh, yeah. you know, and w- want to make it a- in a way that that we can understand, or or that our children can understand through through these stories, or so on and so forth. And those things grow and change and turn into these monstrous. Uh, you know, hell, that uh, defini- a monstrous thing. Yeah,
0: it's like, uh, it's like, the idea that we, we the idea that you know what this is, what what life and reality is, mm-hmm. the idea that there's an answer to that is comforting. Yes, it's a little more absolutely. It's a little more scary to, to go through the existential. What's the point of anything?
1: Right, right. And, I... and
0: the the thing that I learned through this through you know there was a time when the thing that stopped me from drinking. The thing that stopped me from getting fucked up was a story i told myself was Mm -hmm. if i get fucked up uh, i won't be able to finish the book i'm writing
2: Mm. i'm
0: gonna i'm i told myself in my head i'm writing this for the person that feels like i felt and he'll never read it she'll never read it if i go out and use yeah and it kept me sane Mm. all this stuff keeps me sane
1: yeah me too absolutely i have i have i have I have created stories for myself that that are based on my experience and then you know i take from those those experiences with sort of flirting with that those ideas uh what rings of truth to me and i and i leave the rest you know and and sometimes these things will show up in weird ways like the runic systems of, of divination or or tarot or or um you know, uh, the Tao Te Ching is like a uh, the single most captivating and and grounding collection of words that I've ever come into contact with. For me, hmm. uh, you know,
0: that's so interesting because it's it, we're basically talking about the fact that what we believe in is almost irrelevant because it's too far it's based on data points of experience and a conglomeration of different ideas philosophies and from for me scientific uh yeah. collaborations between my mind and the universe Absolutely. It seems that everything is like uh paralleled it's like it's infinite here as it is infinite out there and it's the thing congruent.
1: is with, yes with well with with quantum physics too like i i so i was um raised uh, atheist. Both of my parents Were atheists um, And they weren't like uh, You yeah. know Like out in the streets Like shooting uh, Religious people Or anything Which atheists a lot A they're...
0: common misconception Is atheism Is like Believing in nothing When atheism oh, yeah. Is really just Not believing in a deity Not believing in a All knowing
1: Entity Right Right And so they You know Were all about Science And, and I was too And I am Still uh, Completely uh, But I think science is uh all was, of these things are only a facet science, of the entire picture if, if, you if, know
0: if science was able to answer any of these questions there would be no science it would just be called fact right so for science sure. is another story absolutely but the best part about this story is it's literally and, everybody involved in it is trying to prove each other
2: wrong and
1: what science is saying too though now i i was like in uh, my 12th grade honors physics class right i had terrible i graduated high school with like a 3.2 gpa or something i mean you know my grades were not good um
0: 2.4 you did better than me my man
1: (laughs) damn right on okay well it might have been either way whatever i i think it was a 3.2 and it it was a c it was like around a c minus average that's 3.2 right we, no that's a B did we, did we both 3.2 gra- is a B graduate? right did we both yeah we did spike a 5 fucking bro fucking A well well. Uh, <laughs> but even if you didn't graduate yes then spike a 5 also yeah. <laughs> spike a 10 while yeah. you're at it do you, just take cause we're not part of your system yeah that's Fine. right yeah fuck you all schools um, but also if you uh, have They're not developed school, that ideology yet then stay, stay in, school, in school Yeah, and you might not feel that way yeah. um, or you might who knows either way Uh <laughs> The uh, <laughs> Ooh, I forgot where I was at now. Well, you were in your physics class. Oh yeah, so I as my final grade that year, twelfth grade honors physics class, and it was theoretical, mostly theoretical and applied, but mostly theoretical astrophysics that we were covering. the The school was short staffed, so they had a chemistry teacher teach the class, and he couldn't figure the material out, so he had me come up and help him teach right? And I got an A-plus as my final grade in that class, honors physics class, and I had never gotten an A-plus as a final grade in my life, ever. But I was, I love science, and I, and I understand it, um, sort of inherently, because it's another one of those things that, there are certain, certain truths that are sort of self-evident, yeah. based on uh, based on a certain frame of reference. Exactly, and, you drop and like something it falls. Gravity. Yeah, right. Yeah, and um, for some
0: reason the gravity that that
1: or it, it's on a string to, towards the ground and someone's pulling on the string really hard. Yeah, if you're in ancient Greece, that's what you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you didn't yeah. think and, that, and then but but like um, quantum physics. I only say that to say that like my understanding of of quantum physics is like sort of, sort of simple, um, compared to a quantum physicist, very simple, um, but I understand enough about it conceptually to, to, I think, be able to say reasonably that what quantum physics and, and the, and the outer realms of science are now saying are that, like, we are not even beginning to understand at all the nature of all these things, and, and, like, in my mind a lot of what it's saying is with the the various dimensions on top of dimensions layered upon each other in a in a way that's not linear but exist in various strange like a popcorn style Ma- pockets around each other and all yeah. kinds of stuff you know that these experiences that we've been having that 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 people feel like are at odds with science may just be science uh may 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 just be um explainable by science. And maybe one day we will actually prove some of these things that, that uh, you know, people that say, well, science says this and religion says that or spiritual, you know, fucking people who practice magic say this or fucking this it's guy over here says the this. Source. They might prove some of each other. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. We're at a disadvantage because we we are mortal.
0: Yes. And we will not know. Right. None of us will. Right. So the best thing we can do is try to get as close as we can, and it seems like as we get closer and we start to understand what quarks are and what the what the molecules and the atoms are doing at the microscopic level, it's as infinite as the expanding universe yeah. in a sense. And things can be in one place and another place at the exact same time. Mm. At a microscopic bio bio
1: I got a tattoo level. of that. Yeah. Right here.
0: So, so, which is trippy now, if you think about what we're doing, we're capturing a moment in time yeah. and whoever's listening right now is able to share in this experience. Yeah. It is magic.
1: Absolutely. It's astounding I that. This I ma- agree with you completely. And that's, and that is when I speak about magic, you know, I'm talking about experiences that, uh, would be mundane to one person, but to another person could, could, um, cause the impossible to happen.
0: I mean, if you think about what it means to document something, um, because I mean, all I know about my life experience leading up to now Mm -hmm. is it's a fiction. It's an it's now an imagination, all my memories, all the things I've ever been through. It's been funneled through my mind and I've uh, I've assimilated and assumed and been conditioned by reality, by stimulation that I have put myself around Mm -hmm. or have been stimulation that has been brought to me. Mm -hmm. And whatever story that I can tell about my past that led me up to now is no longer true. Right, because it's been it's been changed in my memory, and there's no way to really tell.
1: Right, like I was saying about my childhood.
0: Exactly, I completely agree. But the funny thing about it's this it. is, ten years from now, we can go back and listen to ourselves talk. Yes, and this will be a solid form to represent who we were.
1: Right, yeah. and, and essentially and for the first time, as far as we know, ever, ever, in in the you know the last couple of hundred years. Man, uh, I'll tell you, any sort of record. Well, and even before that, before writing there was nothing uh, to you know
0: yeah to really put us a, a foot in the ground that says i was here right because otherwise i just my eyes close at night i wake up in the morning and the 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 life life is happening whether i like it or not right right and we're moving we're moving somewhere i usually
1: don't <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm yeah like a yeah it takes me a minute yeah i i got i have 30 minutes to wake up and i wake up and I go what is this? Why, Oh, <laughs> God, <not> again? <laughs> All right, so let's. So you're in high school. You're in the treatment center. How'd you yeah. get to the treatment center?
1: I flew, and boy, were my arms <laughs> tired. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, was well. I, I went to a, um, well, so I I went to this, um, like a summer camp where. Um, We were like rock climbing and canoeing and um, doing ropes courses and all this cool stuff in my head because that's where my parents told me I was going. And then when we actually got there...
0: It was rehab.
1: I was hiking 10 to 20 miles a day with a a really heavy backpack um, through the Appalachian Trail. Not like about nonstop. Um, in the in the freezing cold at night and the, and it was pretty hot during the day at least Why did you get when we were there? hiking the whole time well i was I was like um, doing a lot of drugs and having a lot of behavioral problems both um, separate from and as a result of my drug use and so um you know and it was all interconnected it was okay. all coming from, in one form or another, some sort of like mental slash spiritual illness that I was uh, experiencing, and and you know was was using drugs to uh, address.
0: Okay, so you, so you got sent to the to the rehab, which was basically a wilderness camp.
1: Yes, and so I was there for three weeks, and then I went to the um, the therapeutic boarding school called the Academy at Swift River in Massachusetts, which um, come to find out had their own wilderness program that you had to go through mandatory before you could get in go into the school which my parents had not known about before I went there so I got kind of like finally out of the woods I'm so excited about it Whew, can finally breathe a breath brush air I'm about to go relax mm-hmm. in this boarding school right Or in a bed yeah and i get there straight to the fucking woods buddy oh. minus 40 degrees at night uh massachusetts in the winter i i uh, my birthday is on new year's day um and so i turned 16 on new year's day in the fucking frigid massachusetts woods uh, in an army tent with like 12 other um teenage delinquents yeah. and um And they fucking worked us like crazy. And that place should have been shut down. And it may have been by now, but we should have sued them. I ended up leaving there um, with uh, frost nip on both feet to the point where they put me in a wheelchair for three weeks afterwards at the the hospital we went to. I'd been telling them um, for two weeks that I was getting frostbite because they had trained us as wilderness first responders at the first wilderness program. So I knew exactly what it was, and I kept telling them, and they said, you're attention-seeking, stop attention-seeking, stop your, you know, like, you're, uh, you're being dramatic, blah, 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 that's what you filthy, delinquent kids do, and so, um, you know, I proved them wrong when I went to the doctor, <laughs> I was in a wheelchair for three weeks, and so, and we should have, um, really should have sued them, you know, looking back, because I question, you know, how many other, like, innocent children, which is like what we were, mm-hmm. you know. I think that's what we all are, really, when mm-hmm. we're doing anything, uh, you know, including serial ki- you know, well, I I don't know what happens in the mind of a serial killer, because as far as the police know, I have never been one. But, <laughs> um yeah i I think that's what we all are really is frightened children whenever we're doing things that hurt other people right but i uh, which is which yeah, is why, was, which was is why somebody
0: up. who is directing a camp and enforcing rules and regulations uh when there is no higher authority, it becomes a uh, like any sort yeah. of group scenario where a person is is delegating the rest of the what's members right of it and wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see it with uh, with any any, large, any tribe or group of people. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, when it becomes one person, it's faulty because it's a human. Absolutely, we're Absolutely. all faulty. Uh, especially when you're not when you're. Got... That's why we need robots. Yeah, that's... to do it. Gotta have them. <laughs> so you so, who, and who's to tell that we're not? That's
1: true. That's true. <laughs>
0: so so you're in there and and uh, you got you're in the wheelchair. Yeah. And uh, what happens next?
1: Uh, so I, I rolled around San Antonio for a few days, uh, and and then we uh, went over to San Marcos Treatment Center in San Marcos, Texas, which is like a, a pretty like high level behavioral health treatment center. And I was there for a, a few weeks, and uh, finally it came out of the wheelchair um, and started like they played sports and stuff there. Um, at certain points in the day so I was able to get active again and stuff and I, I actually started like forming some um, some friendships there too which was cool. Um, and but then they, they decided pretty quickly I think that it wasn't the correct environment for me. I think they said it was a uh, higher level of care than I needed. Mm. so I, they, I went from there to a place called Island View in, in Utah.
0: And all the while you're sober?
1: Yeah, but not by choice. Not by choice. I You're was, just being yeah.
0: funneled from treatment center to treatment center to treatment center. Yeah. How old are you now? That you I was
1: uh, at this point still 16. Okay. Yeah. Freshly 16 too. This is in the beginning of my 16th year. Beginning okay. of... Uh, this would be like 2000 and... It would be like 2000. Um, and then... And then so I went to Island View Residential Treatment Center uh, and it was... It was all right. We were locked in the building um, all, all the time, except when we were going to the cafeteria or back. Uh, we had to walk in a line, and and the San Marcos, the place before that, too. Like you had to, if any other group of people, we had to walk in a line. If any other group was coming, just like in just like in prison or jail, you had to turn and face uh, the wall, put your put your forehead against the wall, so you couldn't see the other right um, people, because because you know kids are getting fights. And so forth, and so, um,
0: how long did you stay on this, uh, in, in a facilities in facilities like this?
1: It was about three and a half years total. When did you finally get um, out? I was uh, when I graduated high school, then they couldn't keep me anymore. So, I what was, happened after you got I, I, I mean, I turned 18 and I could have left then right. voluntarily, but I was about to finish high school, and I and I do have to say, for a number of reasons, I I very much, very much resented my parents for this for a very long time. I hated them because of it. I felt like they had completely thrown me away, and abandoned me, and so on and so forth. And you know, I realized now they just had no idea what to do. And they're and they're you know people who are uh, culturally socialized to that that like that's the thing you do when your child is not acting the way that you think they should be. Mm. Um, you know, and and so. They th- that in their minds that was the loving thing to do. Well, they they um,
0: they lack the knowledge and experience that that you have. Now. Right, right, which is we do, if you don't know how to handle this, like it's trying to tell somebody how to how to let someone know, like if your son's doing heroin, he's gonna try and steal your stuff, and he's you can't believe anything. Right, like you can't really explain that to someone until they experience it.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, so it's just a lack of knowledge. Although
1: I do, I tell people that all the time. When their kids don't even do drugs, and it's really funny. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. Yeah. To all the listeners out there, I do not do that.
0: Right, but but you held some resentments against your family for a bit until you realized.
1: No, I still do. <laughs> I, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I I uh, I realized, you know, at some point years later of, uh, you know, and like all these like real gut level realizations. It was like piece by piece, you know what I mean? Yeah. Slowly the resentment started to fade as I started to have sort of more more of a comprehensive understanding of the way that people interact and the way that family dynamics work and the way that um, the world works and also the more like I started to really like yearn for and, and uh, be grateful for the, the things that I had taken so much for granted as mm. a child. You know, uh, and and the the, the the greater the emptiness, like complete emptiness and, and nothing but cold fear crept into my life, um, the more I realized, you know, wait a minute. Like, maybe I should give these people a little bit, a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, Let's get to that cold fear.
0: Okay. So you, you graduated high school. Yes.
1: And and... and and also another thing is I would have, I can guarantee you hundred percent I would not have ever I wouldn't have gotten close to graduating high school if I had not been there. Right. Wouldn't have happened.
0: So so you get out, do you move back in with your parents?
1: Um, no. They they I went um straight to college at Brevard College in North Carolina, which is like this like hippie school that was that was mostly known for its its music program up in the mountains in North Carolina and I wanted to go for physics. I was uh, things could have taken a radically different course if only I had gotten into a school with a physics program and also had not been a uh, horrendous drug addict. Okay. Um, uh, so how long did you go with your nose clean after you got oh, out? Oh about I don't know, a week maybe I don't I not <laughs> All right. I don't remember exactly so but per- not long as soon as I could get away from the prying eyes of my parents so you're in Brevard College. That's how long. Yes. And I took a sip of alcohol. And see, in my mind, though, I was still sober. I didn't. It wasn't like I ran off. I, I had decided I wasn't going to do drugs anymore. Well, because I, I realized I didn't really or at least it felt like I, I had gone this long without him. Like, I guess I didn't really need him. And they had, you know, told us basically various like versions of like drugs are bad Okay, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'd even been to a few, some meetings in, in one of the places and, and, uh, and so I had decided I, I was, at, at some point my, my cleanliness had become voluntary even though I didn't have a choice okay. while, I was, while I was in there. But when I went to college, there was a, I had the common misunderstanding that alcohol isn't a drug.
2: Right.
1: You know, so I got to college and, and th- that took me about a week to have my first drink. And I had never really drank before. I'd had I drank probably twice ever in my life at that point. Um, it had all been uh, I drank a lot of robitussin, and I had and I had uh, drank a lot of weed smoke in my lungs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I but I um,
0: just cracking beers on the reg wasn't a normal thing.
1: No, not not at all. And I and I uh, drank liquor the first time I drank at college, and I was just like again, you know, that same experience of the first time I smoked weed. It was like. Uh, I was, I was there, you know, or in the language of AA, I have arrived, you know, and, and um, I felt free to be myself, what I felt like was the truest form of myself um, at the time, which, which was like a person who was unafraid, but also was very selfish, you know, and then, and then obviously that didn't bring me any fulfillment. Um, but I kept chasing that guy for a very long time.
0: So you're in the college then. How long until you stopped going to classes?
1: Um, I, did you graduate the first day? Yeah. I, I, I went, I don't think I went to one of my classes for the first two weeks and then I went to, and I was there for theater. I had changed my major to theater cause I've always been like a performer, uh, in the sense of being like the class clown or the class Hayoka, if you will <laughs> and uh, and you know, I've just always felt the most at ease when I'm embodying um, some sort of character uh, and and the most like myself as well when I'm when I'm other than when I'm being of service, that is when I'm the most myself and also simultaneously like the most. Of what you know, what I consider to be the divine of something that is totally separate from me and is not mine and is yeah. and isn't my own. And, in my and opinion, isn't me. it is it is divine. But,
0: the things we create. Yes, and it, even if they're characters.
1: Yeah, I well I it's agree tapping, with that it's too. It's tapping into that. But yeah, and those characters yeah. are are, you know, the, when I when I am the most like genuinely myself, other than being of service, and even that is a character in yeah, and, it and really of itself. Is. Yeah, but, everything is. But but it but it um you know, because it allows me, it's a facet of me, it is coming from me, it is a, you know, it is a real part of me, um, but it allows me to sort of express, um, sides of me or feelings or things, uh, that I, that I think or have thought or have felt or am feeling that, um, as the character Hayes Johnson, I would not be comfortable enough to be able to, to vulnerably and genuinely give that, um, aspect to the world or the people around me at the time and and uh and it allows me to do so in a way that feels more comfortable to me because it uh you know if i need to at a later time i can say no that was just you know the char- that was like that, that was that character
0: right all right to me it's it's like far-reaching and it's uh although and-
1: i wouldn't do that i'd be like i'd be like oh no that was me like saying something that i was absolutely genuinely feeling In the form of a character is what I would say in reality nowadays, but it's still easier because I know I have the option, or because I know that uh, you know it is being perceived possibly as as uh, As someone else. Yes, exactly uh well, and vice versa comes from a true place vice versa yeah. my favorite way to joke is is in a completely serious manner where yeah. you know where no one can tell Right. So that, yeah
0: yeah it keeps it it's it's just like the, i can't i don't want to say fuck up the word again the aoki hayoka hayoka
1: yeah <laughs>
0: um all right so yeah
1: just think of haze and okra
0: my my stance <laughs> hey Okra, got it <laughs> my my stance on it is when i write something or when i so it mostly starts with the with a with writing for me is when i write something and i and when i look back and read it and go Who the fuck wrote this? Yes,
1: yeah, that, yes, I completely agree with you. I
0: love that shit because it's, I do none of the stuff I do feels like me.
1: Yeah. And even when I do good,
0: good uh, podcasts or audio recordings and I listen back and and then the really good ones, I'm like, I can't believe that this is me.
1: Yes, yes. Well, there's a, you know, this concept of gnosis, if you're familiar with it, it's like um, divine. Knowledge or, or knowledge that is granted to one that is outside of one's experience that comes from a divine place from and the that, ether
0: of creativity. Yes,
1: and that is what we're talking about. I think you know, uh, in, in my mind, that is what yeah. the, the experience of it has always been like for me. And there are there are things where I get into a certain mode or a certain um, you know archetypal form of of whatever this being is called Hayes Johnson that that like um i will be able to do or say or provoke certain things that that i do not have the knowledge nor experience that i know of to to do right. or to say or so forth and yeah. and and to me it comes from um you know tapping into something other than me whether whether that is still a part of my own psyche um you know outside of the ego or 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 is coming from some nether realm. It, mm-hmm. it and and I and I think it's both.
0: Or it could be like. Or neither. It could be a byproduct of the, uh, of the of the stuff that we've seen or heard or. or seen. Sure that we don't it's like that we we, we weren't aware it. of. Yeah, we yeah, input uh, it and it. It gets output. Yeah,
1: sure. Through our soul. Right.
0: And I think that's that it's a soul thing is because when I start to think about who I am, uh, I've always felt like the same person, but my reality my attitude and my feelings are constantly shifting and engaging the only person i'll ever truly know which is the voice in my head Mm -hmm. and as this all all this is happening on a moment-to-moment basis it's throughout the day you know we i i in aa and 12 step stuff i hear a lot of times like it's bad to have a mask but it's inevitable like my mask right now is a little different than it would be when i get home and and i'm in my house and i'm just Watching Kerber uh, yeah, Enthusiasm totally. and laughing my ass off. Yeah. So it's 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 I'll embracing be jerking off to incest porn. Yeah, dude, later. we'll be jacking off. Yeah, all the day. dude, totally. So we, it's almost like maybe the thing <laughs> we should be doing is embracing the masks, yes. not rejecting them, and masks.
1: jacking off wherever we go, yeah, all over that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's no. what the masks for. Yes, exactly for, to keep the face clean. We
0: call it creative cum.
1: Yes. And if you're yes. not coming, you should be going. Yeah, compassionate. That's what that's, uh, the root of all. Good. All right, so
0: let's let's. I loved all that that just happened. Let's... Compassion, I should have said. Uh,
1: the new drink,
0: compassion fruit,
1: compassion fruit. <laughs> so, so tell me, tell me, did you leave college? I they would not let me stay there after I'd been kicked out. Uh, and I boy, did I try. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I left, um, and I uh, mo- moved into my, my parents like well meaningly and, and ignorantly, uh, uh, as they were of, of, uh, you know, codependency and, and, um, enabling and so forth within, within a, an, a drug addict, uh, relationship or any relationship. They, uh, rented me an apartment for six months. Uh, and okay, we'll say the day I moved in, I had just come back from college, and wasn't smoking crystal meth every day yet. By the end of that six months, the apartment looked exactly like a fucking squat. It had like graffiti all over it, some really fucking good graffiti all over the walls. I might add, because um, I I was I was already then you know into into hip hop and making hip hop music and so forth, and had um, some some friends who were who were pretty exceptional um, graph artists, and, but I was high on meth all the time, so that, I really was jerking off all day, literally. <laughs> and, and and I spent no bullshit, probably between 4 to 12 hours every day masturbating to internet porn. That's a good Just completely obsessed. Completely obsessed, you know, because that was the effect that particularly that drug had on me, and, and has on a lot of people, and it um and the rest of the time i spent getting more meth basically or or like at some after party like trying desperately and and failing to have sex with a real person um but you know i was just so bizarre at that point in time My like uh oh i was mentally very very insane from the from the jump as soon as i started doing meth uh, I have a, a mind already that is given to connection and, and drawing connections between things, and, and that is a gift. But when it's turned up like 15 notches, I started seeing connections between everything, which is part of the joke of why my, my sideshow is called Shadow People Sideshow, and why we have that wall, uh, that web of conspiracies on the kitchen wall. Which I you know, love. It's because that is funny to me because... I would have looked at that 12 years ago and freaked the fuck out, you know, because I would have, I would have started like piecing together why all these things were related and why that stuff was true. And it would, you know, would have scared the shit out of me Yeah. Um, and that, excited me all at the same time.
0: I think that stuff is meant to shock us. It's meant to mm-hmm. shock us awake. It's, yeah. you know, if and, you could... and
1: some of that stuff almost certainly is real. Yeah, I don't know. Dude,
0: it's it's just as um, real or not real as our Lord and Savior, Jesus
1: Christ. Th- oh, uh, yeah, right on. I mean,
0: we don't know, dude. We still don't know how the fuck these pyramids got here. Right. right. We have theories, but we yeah. don't know how the fuck they built, though. Yeah. If it was even they. Yeah. We can't even decipher hieroglyphs because we're thousands and thousands of years out of context and uh-huh. even begin to understand what these ancient Egyptians were saying. Right on. So, yeah, dude, they're... Uh, Dude, I'm not saying it was aliens.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it was aliens, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, them. it could be... It could, Anything. Anything's possible. Yeah, I've seen an alien, actually. Or I've uh, seen a being that looked exactly like the common uh, perception of what an alien the looks gray. like. The gray? It was, it was orange. It was a luminescent orange. But it was that... Yeah, it was that shape head. It was an egg-shaped head, upside down, egg-shaped head. With with egg shaped eyes, they were black though. They were like pitch pitch black. I was on a boy scout camping trip um, with when my dad was there actually with me, but I had walked off on um, by my by myself into the woods to pee. So I like unzipped my fly for the sound effects of the podcast, um, and
0: they, they know we're not naked now. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I have my pants here next to me. To cut <laughs> that they know we're not naked now part out. It's cut. Okay, I've got my pants here next to me. Oh well, it's not working. Anyways, uh, so you're in the woods. There we go. Yeah, I unzip my fly. I, I whip my I whip my pecker out. It's right? been out. Yeah. Well, well, no, my woodpecker. I let him go free into the wild. Um, I pulled my dick out and then <laughs> I I uh, started to pee and I looked up and this head um the like about a probably a third what what looked to be a third of this this head is upside down egg-shaped head uh, a luminescent glowing orange but sort of like one of those like glow-in-the-dark bouncy balls where it wasn't putting off any light it didn't light up the tree that it was peeking out from behind at all it was it was just vibrant to my eyes Um, and it, and it, and its eyes were like this pitch pitch black, like in the same way that a black hole, it was like absorbing all the light around it. It was a pitch black of which I've never seen before the, you know, the likes of which I have never seen before or since. And I didn't feel the least bit threatened at all. Um, I just, and, and I had my dick in my hand, my little boy dick in my hand. And then I had... Schneckel. And then I had my dick in my other hand. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> they were the same dick. Uh, and... <laughs> well, I have one when you can have two. Yeah, that's right. Um,
0: What's a Boy Scout trip without holding a boy's dick,
1: dude? <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. No. That's a... Shame on you guys.
1: Yeah. Shame on you guys. Yeah. How, guys. Yeah, how, how dare y'all find that funny? Yeah. Um, and touch boy scouts how dare you all everyone who listens to this podcast touches boy scouts <laughs> some of the fact that we have long known um you didn't feel
2: threatened by the I didn't
1: image. feel threatened at all um and i just stared at it in astonishment for a second still peeing this whole time <laughs> mind you you know even my even my like sort of uh whirlwind like Game-changing, ground-shifting, life-defining experiences have have been humorous in some way. Mm. You know, um, mine have been I,
0: complete and total uh, depths of darkness.
1: <laughs> yes, well, mine have too. But looking in hindsight, they've been humorous. At the at the time, I didn't think it was funny. Mm. It didn't even occur to me that I was still ping. But um, okay, that maybe maybe well,
0: if I'm being honest. Uh, you know some of the depths of darkness have turned into a uh I don't know I don't know how to explain my my story uh, there there's like
1: I like to say this is my Facebook quote the sometimes forceful hand of fate yes and then it says slap me some skin yes <laughs> uh you know I like to use the term demons uh it, i I love the idea of it in the in its esoteric connotation a, as being loving teachers as being you know sort of a, a personification of, of a of a form of experience that causes pain, sometimes unbearable pain that, that and, and that that when we are not looking for the lesson that 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 that, that experience is trying to provide us causes us immense suffering as well. Mm. Um, and that's, that's good And these but I believe these demons, Enter into our lives in order to teach us invaluable lessons um, that clearly we need to learn, or else we wouldn't be having that experience in the first place. That's causing us pain, or that we don't know how to navigate whatever experience we are having, um, and and it is teaching us how to do that through the experience of itself. So, sort of spiritual initiation, and in and a you know that's what I think my my life has been a sort of like steady flow of these spiritual initiations uh on on you know on a sort of like one sweeping grand scale at first until the day that i realized that's what was going on and then i've been having a series of smaller ones um since then uh just as important in the moment but now you know
0: i mean if you think about all this i mean i remember watching war movies as a kid i mean yeah. like all the honor, the pain, the courage, the the strife that these men went through—they yeah. were fighting for something, and they and they 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 saw death, they lived death, and they and they had something hellish that yeah. they experienced. And I Certainly. remember watching those as a kid and being like, "What the fuck do I have? What, right. what make? What do right. I have to be proud of? Right. What do right. I have right. to for be sure. here for? Like these guys are dying, like shot in yeah. Saving Private Ryan style." And I remember trying, and as I look back at my experience, I realized that I, I, I basically created my created turmoil around Certainly. myself to to give myself. I mean, not to give myself because I didn't know it at the time, but turmoil was created around me because being a white kid in the suburbs with with parents that you know good upbringing, I, you know, air conditioning everywhere I went, food on the table whenever I wanted. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was to not have or to feel trauma or pain yeah, certainly or or immense sadness it was those were emotions that i never experienced until i brought them upon myself mm-hmm. and as i sit here now and talk, and look back on, on them and i think about what i what i'm doing with my life now it's a response to the uh, to the demons yeah. that i've
1: encountered certainly i completely they, yeah you're we're we're on the same page yeah. that it's
0: almost in my opinion it's almost like and this is one of my beliefs is heaven can be created now
1: yeah um, absolutely but I if I I, I had to learn but that. but I think heaven to me quote unquote you know heaven is is created by by embracing hell lovingly yeah that's what I'm saying these these like love, these demons yeah the, um in when, the moment when I when like I realize forever. they are there <laughs> out of love then the entirety of my experience becomes about love and i allow these 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 experiences to teach me the lesson that, that they would have me learn which which propels me further into like learning how to love and be loved. Peter
2: totter Twitter paid it eager for an even bother, worthy cause, a wordy pause, alerted
1: to a hurried cause, the flurry blur, the worthy bird, so made in flight it didn't. The sacrament of act of rendering is unrepentant. So when it goes and out it comes, or else the duty doesn't. Unruly is the foolishness of folly when a buzzing soul. Calming of the sea of thought is often seen a thought to be the common beam that holds the mass the cast. to
2: fast along the seams, the reeling of the ropes are what provides a true direction. So may captain prove to lose the captain's noose, provide protection. And once the ship is set to sea, the sails provide a rival traction that enact a forward thrust. The captain's call to action.
0: When I came in the house, yeah, I saw all these posters of trains. Yeah, what, what, what's your what's your story with that? Were you did you ride trains? Did I you... did
1: ride trains, and I and I like trains. Okay, I don't ride them anymore because was a, too unstable. For me. Like
0: like Amtrak or because I, I met some people I at your have, house. I
1: have ridden ago. Amtrak, uh, and <laughs> I and I love riding Amtrak. Actually, I'd say that's my favorite way to travel. Um, other than private charter jet, that is. <laughs> but I, but I gotta ask you, cause there's this, I
0: just, from the people I talked to at your house, at your, mm-hmm. at your, uh, say the name of your side show, shadow people side sa- show. Yeah. Shadow people you side show. You guys had a show here and there's there's there was a few troops that came in buses <clears throat> Yeah, and they had cool like cattle, uh, skulls in the front of them and they all had you oh, know, yeah. their little beddings their bus, yeah, yeah. in their bus and they live in their bus. Well, we call that country.
1: like rubber tramping rubber tramping. Um, but and that's when you like travel um by car um but but uh, like without a fixed home. Now on on, um, the, on and, the way
0: here in full disclosure. Yeah. When I was doing the video to introduce the videos we took whatever, when I was doing my thing about asking the questions of what I'm going to experience yeah. in a day with you. I related your mentality to that of Christopher McCandle's. Uh, Alexander Supertramp, the guy from Into mm. the Wild. Oh, right on. The guy who graduated Emory, got his degree at a prestigious university, burned his money, burned his car, and then began to hitchhike Yeah. and live off the land and take grace from people in pursuit of his Alaskan adventure. Uh-huh. He wanted to go to Alaska, live off the land, and be there in nature. Yeah. Just the way that the, the, the men of old would do, the way that land is, is meant to be... You know, there was a time yeah. in history when we lived off the land and we were content. and We moved around as tribes of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I that's one of my, one of uh you know the the tenets of my worldview. Uh, you know, is uh was a there's a there's an excellent book uh, about that called uh, Ishmael, or really anything by the author Daniel Quinn. You dig it? I I'm certain of it. Um, very good. My friend Christie introduced me to this book. I read it and in and in, um. You know, uh, sort of uh, gave me fact-based information to support these like things that I already thought and felt um, with history. And, and it was it's really cool. It's about the agricultural revolution and how you know everything sort of changed. That.
0: Have you ever lived um, off lived off the land or the community like that? Uh,
1: not really. no. I, I should have, and I probably should in the future. But you don't. Um,
0: but, but you're do, like literally. You've got this place set up around us, and I love the people that I've met today. Like, thank you. I so, so you've got us. You, there's uh, this, see. That's the thing I was trying when I was talking to my to camera and talking. To mm-hmm. that thing how we relate is that that you know Christopher McCandles died. doing Well, that. I was gonna
1: say I hate that character. I think he's an idiot. Really? Um, yes, and I'll tell you. But I, I mean, I, I appreciate what yeah, like the theology or the, yeah, the philosophy. Behind right. It. Right. But but he. Like first of all, should have given his car away yeah. to someone who needed it. Um, second of all, yeah, he donated he's his just money. He to was the... just sort of just sure like, yeah. Oh, he did.
0: He donated the twenty thousand to feed feed Africa or something. Oh, okay,
1: cool. He burned cool. the money in
0: his wallet, and whatnot. Symbolically, okay. right on. But you are right. right. He, oh, okay, he that's went up, there, up. up there, He went up there kind of naive, that. and that's why you know. He's that's what I'm
1: saying. He just like shot off without any sort of like understanding what he was doing. Don't be totally fair. I kind of did that too. Um, okay, you're right. Never mind. Scratch everything that I just said in disagreement. Wait, uh,
0: disagreement with what?
1: That uh, I'm not like that character and that I don't like that character. I just realized during my dissection of the character that I'm exactly <laughs> like that character.
0: <laughs> Which is the reason
1: why you probably um, don't like him, But, dude. yeah. I mean, you're this right. is my biggest. No, in all seriousness, though, I, I think um, that character the reason i don't like that character is it It. i the story that that person who wrote that well it was a reporter who wrote the book but it was yeah. taken from
0: his journals and 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 word of mouth of the people that he met on his journey oh wait this is an actual <laughs>
1: person the character was based on yeah that's a true story oh, i did not know that oh yeah i never knew that well um let me ask so yeah
0: so tell me about do you know what jugging is
1: no no Wait, gas jugging? You mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I do it all. I used to do it all. I still do it sometimes when I when I need to. But I, um, it's uh, it's where where you, well, you don't even have to be traveling. Um, it's just when you stop at a gas station and walk around with a gas jug and ask people if they can spare some gas. That's all. Um, what but is- it's it's an easy way to make it around the country if you have a vehicle. Um, you know, for free. And and you can and you can make money for you know a few a few bucks for like food and um, and whatever else like uh, while you're doing it. And I can't get into some of this stuff too much, but just ask me questions <laughs> and I'll let you know if it. It's because there's a um, sort of code of of honor um, of you know certain things because certain things that we do um, are are not technically. Um, appreciated nor supported by law enforcement agencies
0: yeah when you say we
1: yeah what do you mean i mean the the like population of um people that that um live an itinerant or um homeless nomadic lifestyle Huh? because there there are certain there are certain things that that you, you've sort of like um have to be established in order to survive that uh, some of some of which are, are really kind of brilliant that that like we've got to and now with the advancement of technology and so forth, some of these things like we've got to stay ahead of, we, of law enforcement um, in certain ways, not, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, things that are hurting people, but like, you know, as, as far as like siphoning um, power electrical power or, um, essentially ways to better steal things that we believe, uh, should be free to everyone. Um, you know, and I don't steal anymore in any form because it's just dishonest. And I'd rather, I, I feel very strongly nowadays that, that like in order to beget something, um, that I, that I really believe in. I should not have to be dishonest in order to do it, right, um, right. Uh, and and there are certain situations in which other people's lives and so forth are involved, in which that does not, you know, I, I will certainly withhold certain information from certain people when it comes to the safety of other people, but but um, but but when it comes to my own beliefs, uh, I I refuse to, you know, be dishonest. Nowadays.
0: So so I'd like I'd like to hear wh- how you describe a homeless nomadic lifestyle because. Okay. Because my way of trying to term it and wrap my head around it would, like you, we said earlier, hippie-esque or punk rock-ish. Mm-hmm.
1: But homeless but it, nomadic lifestyle... Yeah, that's gone on far longer than these like American subcultures. This or, is a, or, yeah.
0: It's a new age of uh, homeless nomadic lifestyle, like what you said. I'd like you to hear, hear what that community consists of. Yeah. You kind of describe well, it if so you can. So
1: in the in like... In a like and it's a community that 80s, you're a part of. Uh yeah. Still I, I don't travel any longer, but yeah, I'm I, I am uh, involved in it.
0: And and uh, last night you were busking.
1: Yeah. Busking And that busking just means performing on the street.
0: Performing on the street. And yeah. that's and that's your your main source of income.
1: Uh, well no, I have been on the head server at a at um sideshow themed restaurant, but I uh no longer work there. So um that has is for the last like week my main source of income and and i will be serving somewhere again um hopefully this coming week um but but uh it is my main source of um like that's where i do most performing is on the street and we get gigs we do big gigs um and and, you know we have other work that's that, that most people uh, your common person would consider like more legitimate quote unquote but the you know the sort of like that is where all forms of entertainment came from was, oh, yeah. was street performing exactly you know and, and in, i and i feel nature. like that is yeah absolutely as as genuine and legitimate if not more in certain ways than than this big stage show or opinion, selling out the Fox import- Theater it's more important um,
0: because it's live and it's in in your face right right now. right right in my opinion it's not dolled up it's not i mean we do what we can to make it uh, to exploratory sure. and, and to really shake some people i mean i don't know i've never done it i would just love to experience it yeah so and this is my like this is my problem I, i've been a server too and the thing
1: is it's not it's 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 the reason i think it's more genuine is because it's offering something for free um freely given and then allowing people to to uh, sort of to give support but rather than saying if you want to see what i have to offer you need to give me this much money right and that and i have to do that when it comes to you know gigs and so forth it's because uh, that's just the way that things are you set up plan something um but um and and in the same way that like i can't speak too much on the specifics of of hoboing like that there's an honor system within the performing world of like if I take actually less than a certain amount of money, I'm undercutting all of the other performers who do the same thing I do, and therefore, like venue owners or or um you know event promoters or so forth, will expect to be able to charge them less. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so there's so there's, a there's, there's a, a there's an ethical you know standard, uh, being a professional performer as well, but. Um, again, there, there are ways to, it, through not going through like official channels, there are ways to do that differently. Again, like we were talking about earlier, they're just more uncertain, Huh. you know, and they're, and, and they're sort of, so we were trying to build, um, from the beginning here, uh, a sort of like a, a, a sideshow scene here in the city, um, that was, Based on well, I guess I was trying to do that with the with the support of of my partners, my business partners, and they like because that wasn't really their main concern or their mission, but they supported me in it because they believed in the idea of it. This, you know what I mean? When you uh, say uh, here, you doing... mean
0: the, the black hole bordella.
1: Yeah, well, in it, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, with the Sh- shadow people sideshow. Okay. And at one point, we all lived here um but but it was to was to um have a community specifically of 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 sideshow because there's like a, such a great demand for any circus-esque arts um right now a- around the country a lot of it because of the like sort of like burning man um whole thing well i mean the cult,
0: the culture's wide open for it i mean right. the EDM scene is its it, own that, yeah, exactly. it's own weird sideshow of like 90s pop culture references mm-hmm. and 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 people living in tents and exploring So people want
1: things. things that are bizarre to them oh, right yeah. now more you know more so than ever I think we become so like oversaturated with with so many different ideas, concepts, and images as a that result been, of the internet, yeah, that, that now so people noticed. are like, "Give me something I fucking haven't seen before." Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're like, "Yeah, okay, we fucking will."
0: Yeah, something real that I can see, feel, and touch. Like right exactly, now
1: too, as yeah. Well. For an extra fee, um, you can see, feel, and touch <laughs> to any one of us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so when you say uh, so so gnomeless gnomeless homatic culture. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> so the nomosomatic cu- culture is kind of the
1: homeless nomadic.
0: I know culture. I wanted to flip it. Oh around. damn
1: it! Okay, okay, okay. I
0: didn't mean to do it, but I nameless, nomosomatic. There's
1: a there's actually a term that reminds me called like hobosexual. Yeah, which actually don't put that in there. Don't <laughs>
0: well, if you think that. about a hobosexual, they it's, better be. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. So, uh but not always true. There's like a lot of you know young, uh, people, there's a lot of people with some, some, like, daddy or mommy issues, you know, that are just like, hey, damn, that person's fucked up. (laughs) Uh, They're hot. And I was one of those people, you know, always have been. I still am, uh, to some extent. It's something I have to be vigilant about, uh, you know. Meaning? Meaning uh, making sure that I'm not, like, uh, you know, putting my Energy into your relationship based on sickness rather than wellness.
0: Is the lifestyle that you live difficult to maintain?
1: Yeah, fuck yeah, very. How so? Because, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I, I'm kind of sandwiched between. A number of different dynamics and a number of different pressures all telling me I need to do one thing or another that's like completely different than the other thing is telling me and I'm sort of constantly having to buffer all of these things and and sort of play mediator um or like be the voice of common ground um between all of these various groups and things and so on and so forth and, and, and that is including inside my own mind um as far as like various ideologies uh, and and uh and thought systems and and so forth you know basically basically my job is as a as a messenger in effect in various ways and a lot of times people like to shoot the messenger
2: right
0: so you had a task that you had to do today, which was somebody was at the house and they had, uh, it says on the wall, mm. and you said it clearly, no drugs, basically, yeah. like no hard drugs. Right. And you also are, you seem to be operating on an individualistic, humanistic way. Yeah. Which is, Absolutely. every person's different. Right. Sometimes, And the, thing the is for this person- That's not why I kicked him
1: out person. either. That's not why I kicked him out, it's because he got high. I wouldn't have kicked him out. Honestly, if it had been up to me, at all, I wouldn't have kicked him out. But I, I, my first responsibility is to the people who are paying rent here, and Jacob is also is my sponsee. um, and me and Jacob have been working together for for a long time, and um, and so I uh, well well, anyways, a couple people in the house who pay rent, and now and actually Jacob also now has become. A person who is paying rent too. He just paid rent today. Um, I I went and met his mother. Um, she, you know, they, they they let him come and stay here. Uh, people put a lot of stock and 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 faith and trust in me. Right, I've noticed. That. And and so that is another thing that is so difficult about living the lifestyle I do is that I am a person who has spent most of my life like running. Terrified, away from any sort of responsibility or pressure or burden, as hard as I and fast as I could, um, you know, and now am am willingly and 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 happily taking on some enormous responsibilities and, and some sacred, some really sacred, um, responsibilities that at times can become very overwhelming, but also as a result, they are so important to me that, that by, by virtue of that, I, I also am able to kind of force myself by saying, you don't have any fucking choice here. So just do it. But, but I mean, I mean, as far as like, not uh, as far as like when, when I'm feeling a, a lack of uh, ability or a lack of confidence, there's or, or when I'm feeling self-doubt or whatever, it's, uh, you know, these oh, things no, no, are so no. sacred that, that I am, am, which is, a, this and this is like a, a positive, you know, I'm able to tell myself like, you know, snap the fuck out of it. You, you ain't got a choice, bucko, you know? And then, and then, uh, jump back on the horse and I don't mean heroin. <sighs> I.
0: Yeah. Anything but. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the term? Self?
1: That's a really good website, by the way anything but Oh it's everything but. Never mind. Go on.
0: <laughs> have you Have you ever heard of the uh the phrase uh, or the idea of self-actualization? Yes. What do you think when you hear that?
1: Well, from what I understand, it's it just means like um creating one's reality consistently.
0: When you think about where you're going. Uh uh-huh. What do you envision? Do you ever have time to envision where you want to go? If there's anywhere.
1: You know, I, I mean, to be honest, these things have... So, the reason I believe so deeply in fate and in divine guidance in my life is because my mission has been, if I could boil it down to one thing solely, it's been to be present completely present for situations in which I'm called upon to be of service in various ways. That's it. And as a result of doing that consistently, things have pieced themselves together around me. Um so. in a in a in a way that very much fits a sort of outer expression of of like the person I envision myself to be inside. Just from paying attention to what like uh, situations and events are telling me, and and then responding lovingly to that.
0: Is there any selfishness for no. yourself in that? Fuck
1: yeah! I mean, that's the I'm I'm constantly. I mean, that's where a lot of the, the stress the, the comes good, from too. Is, is that there's this constant? Oh yeah, absolutely, and that and that has been um, the sort of demon that. Um, has been working me into a different form over the last couple of years, over the last year and a half, especially, um, has been, um, learning in my life, the difference between, um, helping and, or being present and trying to save. Yes. You know, um, and that is, has been a hard lesson for me to learn. And I'm sure it will continue to be.
0: So I think. But it's
1: something that I have figured out some healthy boundaries for myself around. Um, And, and, you know, those things are still adapting and changing.
0: Yeah. Everything, Everything I've experienced recently up until today has been a balancing act between, all right, I'll just. Come off the bat and say it. Mm-hmm. Last January, I had a peak experience, which is uh, was like, a lack of a better word, a profound spiritual experience. Yeah. it forever changed the way I perceived reality. Right. Um, and and after the day it happened, and the three month mu- and three months straight after that, I wasn't able to s- talk much. I began to I began to view my waking life as a miracle in itself. Yeah. Everything was so. Profound, profoundly beautiful, potent, and yeah. like we're here now. Yeah, be here now, yeah. now, bro. Like it happened to me, and it's yeah. stayed that way ever since. Yeah. And so this wow. present, this present fluid moment of awareness, never leaves me, and I'm able to be present. And as mm. we spoke about earlier, is is part of the trick to that, is fully accepting an entity as they are, who they are at yes. that moment. Yes. There's no reason to even dive below the surface. We're above the surface. You just look at who it is, who they are. They're just, you know, they're experiencing the same shit. We can see our hands. We move our hands in front of our face. And we when don't I, know what we when look like When I stop right
1: doing that with myself is when I start engaging in the bad selfishness. And when I start, you know, becoming enveloped in sort of fear and insecurity again. So or that's, letting those things guide me. That's uh, that's for, what for I wanted moments, to ask you about. For a God. moment. Yeah,
0: because after that that uh, experience happened to me, mm-hmm. I began to try to wrap my head around what selfishness was, and mm. and then I came to realize that my happiness depended on it. Yeah. So I act in a, in a, in two modes, which is I'm either completely present and focused on whatever's happening in a moment in time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or I'm by myself doing things or thinking about things to move me in the direction right that on. I'd like my life to go. Yeah, and. Just like, you know, the the wave that hits the ocean, you know, the, the beginning of that wave started back here and then it ends up there. It gets mm-hmm. bigger as it gets to the front. It takes time for things to, to create themselves, manifest, and it's like the choices we make today set up our future for two weeks from now. Right says. on. And I'm wondering for you, <clears throat> after I'm, I've gotten a, a good grasp of how everything you've got set up around yourself. Yeah. Do you ever have moments throughout the day when you start to creatively visualize or project
1: Yes, stuff. I do, yeah, absolutely. Well, there, there are, you know what I said earlier wasn't the full picture actually, um, as far as just being present in in a, in a given moment to be of service and things just taking shape around me. Although that is that is true, that is fully true. Yeah. Also, um, I mean, I feel it, and I sense it. That there is. are there are things that I that I project outwards that are desires of mine. That, that, uh, you know, and uh, that, that are things that I want for myself, um, that come to me. And it, it has been that way with people I was attracted to, for example, um, for a, a very long time. And, and I was like, very, I was very, And this isn't because, like, I'm, uh, like, you know, mega attractive or, like, a super slick individual or anything. This is, like, back when I, you know, I was, like, a nerdy, um, just completely awkward uh, teenage person. Um, And it it wouldn't last either, but it was, like, for whatever reason, I would, if there was someone I really, like, wanted to have a connection with, I didn't get to decide when but it always happened, eventually. And that was the first way in which I noticed this occurring in my life. And now it happens in in a variety of ways that are, you know. um, And it still happens in that way. And now it happens in that way, like, uh, explicitly sexually as well. And which is something I, you know, am very uh, adamant about not shying away from, you know, and I I see as a beautiful thing. Yeah, same
0: here, Um, it's tough for me to, to connect with the women that I date because mm-hmm. I'm already on that level of I don't there's I can't distinguish a difference between an emotional connection and a physical one to me they're mm-hmm. all one and the same mm-hmm. everything's one and the same yeah. if my thoughts are connecting with someone it's just as intimate to me as if my absolutely my physical body isn't it's and the I, same and
1: and I don't feel any ownership or any, or no, desire no. to be owned either so I I like it's it's very important to me to have these experiences with people just as I would with with um, someone in the room who I'm being of service to I, I like Am present in that moment and experience it with that person and then and then that moment is gone and trying right. to hold on to that in, in, in my experience is what causes suffering
0: in, yeah,
1: um, not and not to say that like long-term lifelong monogamous relationships are suffering no, um they 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 can be uh, that can be the pinnacle well, of fulfillment that. but but to it be fair i wouldn't know. i, I wouldn't either um it could but but, I, but but there are people who i've met who have who have had that who have told me that it, that, that that they have been utterly happy and fulfilled and and they are people who well, i can tell you right i now. know to be uh for i i believe them entirely. Um, not that every moment of that was bliss or anything. I'm just saying, um, you know, for me, it's it's trying to hold on to these things that are that are to make the impermanent permanent. Whatever is not meant to be permanent last forever or whatever. But so, I guess what I'm saying is there are ideas and concepts that I desire. There are things in my life that I desire to come into my life, whatever they are, and, and that um, I either have like developed over the years, the, the skills, um, to, to make those things come to fruition, such as like going, getting a job, uh, making money so that I can go to the store and buy some groceries that I want. You know what I mean? Just, just in that same way of, I know like from point A to point Z, um, how to make a certain thing happen. There are things like that in, in life that I know how to do that with. And, and, uh, a variety of things right um and and uh to but me, me the, the reason i think those things are, are 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 come to me so easily is because i i do them generally um out of a desire to have uh more resources and more love to to share with others exactly you know and and so i i and i have first of all like believe that to be true entirely but but i um, Don't believe that to be true because I'm this like super super like mega good person, you know, it's because I Am selfish. I want the best experience that life has to offer me and but It is because I believe that we are all super super good people and the and the thing that we desire more than anything is 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 to love and be loved like uh, you know like i said previously is what production. i define as success and so what, the, the 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 reason that i enjoy being good to people is because it makes me feel good and that's why you know uh, but, and w- but when i'm focused on that um
0: well this is you can
1: which is great. I'm not I'm not saying I you know that that's a bad thing. I think that's great being, that we are that way. I think that's great that we are that way because when we do focus on that on our own true fulfillment, then then it then it, you know, brings that true fulfillment to the people around us exactly. by virtue of its nature.
0: The energy provided by a passion uh a, your own passion, whatever it is, is an energy source beyond the bounds of time and space because it inspires and it influences change. Mhm. And to me, the most selfless thing you can do is accept the cost of what it really means to be selfish, to be selfishly intent about what you love yeah. and how you want to live your life and be so, honest about it.
1: That is so good to hear, I know. Yeah. Cuz
0: <laughs> I mean, dude, it's the G-spot of serenity, selfishly yeah. selfless
1: that i i've been i mean lately a lot of the the people in my life have you know as a result of doing what i do and the various dynamics that are involved you know uh i've had a number this is like going back to your earlier question really of like what's the most most stressful thing about living life this way or the you know the hardest thing is that it it um I will have people ask me to take on a certain role in their lives and I will, to the T, faithfully do my best to fulfill that. To the T, you know, over mm-hmm. and over again and they will come to uh, resent me for it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, uh, and, and, and I know that before I ever start doing it too, mm-hmm. that, that that is always not only a possibility, but is likely the case. And and as a sacrifice that it, you know that I'm willing to make because I love those people, but it but it fucking hurts, also when it happens.
2: Mm.
0: I uh, one thing I learned from my dad that really helps me as I move forward today is he is so like he doesn't do stuff if he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. He'll watch Netflix all day because he loves to watch Netflix. Yeah, he's he's earned his he's earned his manhood in right a sense. The, you Yeah, know. absolutely. And one of the things that I had to grapple with and come to terms with Uh was when I realized I don't want to sponsor people anymore. Uh And um, at first it was, I'm just not going to raise my hand, but I'll still, if someone asks me to sponsor them, I'll still do it. Uh And so I tried doing it that way. And I realized I can't, and that's when I really learned the fact that I can't even change. I can't, like the energy I was investing towards this person was not being reciprocated And I could have been, I could have spent that time trying to help this person. I could have spent that time trying to help myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's, so now I'm on this phase of not like everything I do is to help myself. And it's congruent because I want the best for the people that I'm around.
1: Right. Absolutely. (laughs)
0: But, but at the same time, it it forced me into a isolative state where it was like, there's no longer people calling me anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no longer... I just I just I I find myself unable to unless I'm intrigued by somebody or unless there's something I want to learn yeah. it's like I don't really hang anymore if you get yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: I do. I understand. And so so
0: for me it's like uh the way
1: I socialize is unusual as well. I you know like people hang out in like their groups and stuff in certain ways and and it happens here sometimes and sometimes i'm involved in it when it happens but it but i you know I don't have like a clique or a group or you know anything I never have you know uh, I, uh, and and i uh it, it, it it's strange watching other people interact in the way that they do because i feel like uh, like you were describing you know as sort of like an island unto myself that sometimes people visit that island you know. and,
0: and the thing that's interesting to me about I mean, the lifestyle is that y'all are y'all have the same goal uh-huh. in a sense yeah is where it's like we're in this thing together we're out there busking we're out there getting better you're teaching people how to swallow swords you're teaching people how to do tricks there's magic there's mm-hmm. fire swallowing there's all these talents that are being shared amongst each other yeah, yeah. like a cohesive tribe a group of people Improving their skill sets through. I don't teach mentorship. anyone how to
1: swallow swords. Just to be clear, you don't. That is one of the other things that is an honorary, uh, like as something you know, based on honor. Uh, it, it is. You have to give an it. unspoken agreement right. between sword swallowers that we don't teach other people how to do it, unless we're we're, we're truly masterful at it, and also know that that person will honor that same agreement who taught i mean so i taught myself which is like very
0: scary very (laughs) yeah
1: very unrecommended very highly unrecommended and and uh and i wouldn't recommend it to anyone either um i had a i had a specific set of uh there, there was a number of reasons that it was easier for me to learn than it would be for, and less dangerous than it would be for a, a, your average person because of experiences I had had in my life that, that like, changed the way my body functioned. How so? Quite extreme alcoholism and stomach ulcers. Mm. And then not being able to stop drinking because I thought I'd die if I didn't drink and I... Um, and. and but also becoming violently nauseous whenever I'd take a single sip of alcohol or, or anything right then. And um, But I just had to keep drinking, so I had to hold it down and hold it down for like fist clench for 45 minutes at first, um, multiple times a day until I drank the whole bottle. I just The whole day was spent doing that and panhandling while I'm like... Ugh. And, and uh, you know, over the months, stomach ulcers didn't get, they probably got worse. Because so all I was really drinking was alcohol mm. um, and, and liquor. And, um, but my need to vomit went away. Because I just, you know, learned how to, in a, in a, in a different way, but, but...
0: So how did you get... Than most get... sword
1: swallowers, but it was the same effective process. Of learning how to suppress the gag reflex it just it just happened for me in a, in a different way but so I was already there when I went to learn the technique when you say I went to learn the by, technique behind. what do you mean uh, as like, far as uh, the alignment of the body oh. and and so forth and safety so safety I'm, techniques and so I'm
0: forth. imagining you mm. sitting at Wikipedia and I
1: didn't even look anything up I just I, so you had your I it's sword. something I knew that I could do
0: okay so and your mind—you had already established that this could be done.
1: It was one of those things, you know, that like sometimes we see, and we just know we can do it. Like, uh, like a person who uh, is double jointed or whatever—they see someone do it, and they're like, "Wait a minute, my body moves in a weird way," and they try yeah. it, and they're they're double jointed. And
0: well, well, when I was playing football, I just I knew I could get to the quarterback i visualized it ever even while i was
1: scared yeah. of tackling yeah
0: i was afraid to tackle uh-huh. for two years i yeah. hated football yeah but i just visualized it eventually it happened uh-huh. so are you just by yourself with a sword yeah and you've got it and you're holding it up and you're going okay i'm, I'm i've what established do do my now? my yeah. gag reflexes in check you've done it through you realize you can contain it mm-hmm. and
1: and uh it you, all flowed from there
0: you opened your gizzard and just began to bring That's, it down yes
1: did it hurt it, um not that time
0: <laughs> I, was, I was expecting you to say every time <laughs> it <hurts> every time
1: <laughs> not that time but it it has hurt oh, it man. has been a it has been again uh you know i've always had to learn things the hard way And and as a result though i have i have learned things I like I like learning things the hard way. Me too. Uh, you know, I think uh, it provides a more... You
0: really own the skill once you right. have it. Right, right. It's like yeah. this. It's like, I didn't know how to do a podcast. I didn't know how to edit a video. I didn't know any of those things. I just tried until it worked. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I completely own it. And I don't even know what my style is. Yeah. But other people get to figure that one yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's not up to me.
1: yeah. And it's great, man. That's dude. That's so cool. And so, and I had already, I had always been interested in in the circus and the sideshow. Um, and you know, and when I was traveling, there's a lot of um, kid like clown kids, we call them. Like, <laughs> um, uh, especially in New Orleans, there's a, there's a lot of like you know hobo sideshow um, stuff and and um, you know, but it's but it's something that again like way back when, going back with sword swallowing, for example, all the way to, um, India, um, you know, it, yeah, was, it was, it was proud the, 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 the Fakirs and, and various other, um, people that would perform, um, sort of e- either stunts or illusions or, or acts, uh, or skills, um, on the street, whatever they may be, um, would again perform on the street um you know and and a lot of them were were had no fixed home a lot of them were were completely legitimately you know spiritual seekers um who sort of who would who would test their and push their own limits um as an experience with the divine um and and then would as a result of skills they had acquired doing that um present those skills to the public in order to um, provide themselves like physical nourishment and so forth to fill no. their to fill their like needs needs. Um, but but same thing, that's really same thing as, as like hobo sideshow in my opinion. It's something that's always been around. But I came in touch with it in in New Orleans years ago when I was when I was traveling and um, I, I quickly learned how to do the human blockhead back then. Um, and it was something I had, you know, done on like on and off some for, for a while, but I'd never taken sideshow in my own life seriously as, as something that I was going to do, um, you know, uh, until I realized, um, you know, that I, that I could, uh, at some point get, get really good at, at sword swallowing and, and, uh, and, and I had these two skills and, um. You know, I've since learned learned other acts. Um, and there's a as whole well, and...
0: other dynamic to all this too. Uh, and we can wrap this up. Mm-hmm. We can wrap this up soon. I just I want to know. You gotta the the charisma and the crowd control elements mm-hmm. of everything. I mean, it's like that's a third of the pie. That is what you do when you're busking. Is you gotta be able to command an audience in the sense that entertain them. Getting them there is one half the battle the other half is keeping them there and i want to know if if you still if you if you do do you get nervous before you start to shout on the street or before you start to get people to come over every
1: single time you do every time uh almost every time uh, yeah uh, and and but again it's a again it's like it's not like we we're talking about masks earlier it's not a mask that the generally that I can put on before the performance.
0: That is vulnerability it's, to the core. It's, it's a sounds... mask.
1: Yeah, it's throwing yourself out there. It's sort of jumping off a cliff blind, but knowing from every time you've done it before that, that a gust of wind will catch you.
2: Mm. You
1: know, and so um, it's a mask that, like, the actual beginning, but the throw, like, by throwing oneself into the performance. Uh, that is the, the metaphorically you know sliding down the mask over one's face for for me that's the way it works is that um after a couple minutes i just snap into this zone where uh and and the same exact thing that happens when i'm um called to be of service at first i'm like fuck i don't know what the fuck to tell this person and, and as soon as i become willing to Do as soon as I start trying to speak, the right words just sort of start coming out, and and uh, before I know it, like I I am in a place where I feel completely comfortable and completely at ease, and generally so is the other person, and and it's and it's the same thing that happens with, with it's the same place. Uh, But it's these experiences of just letting myself become completely vulnerable. And that is what has... The only thing, really, that has ever truly brought me comfort. Same (laughs) here, dude. uh, Same fucking thing. You know, don't ask me. But that's how it it seems to go. So
0: so this is the last one I want to ask before we wrap up. Are you more nervous when someone you know shows up in the crowd? Are you more nervous when, like, let me just give if that happens at the very beginning? I saw you outside Lucidia. Yeah. And your act when I was there at the very beginning of it felt a lot different than the act that I walked in on a month and a half ago at the Bordeaux. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that was I had already. There was no one out that night, and I really needed money, so I went out there that night. And I rarely do this, but I went out there that night with the, the and this is something i learned the folly of long 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 ago when i was my first year homeless um and i and i was homeless like on and off for you know either stationary or traveling for for the better part of 10 years um really? but yeah and and uh and i uh it was it was to never go out there with a certain expectation of how much money I was going to make. Um, and I still did it all the time, especially when I was like strung out badly and really needed a certain amount of money because I always made better money as a result of projecting a better attitude because I wasn't the whole time going like this is fucking bullshit. I should be making more these people should be giving me more stuff. Right. You know? Um the, you know going out the same thing with with busking though if i go out with an expectation that i'm going to do really well financially it only leaves me the possibility of either being like
0: not hitting it but uh,
1: being like lesson. okay i got what i was supposed to get or or being fucking disappointed mm. whereas if i go out there with no expectation i can only be grateful mm. And I also make more money when I do that because I'm projecting an attitude of... Carelessness. Of, yeah, right.
0: So, so when you were out there for, the, for 10 years, a lot of that was in your addiction. And I'm able to
1: focus fully on the performance. You know, I, And that night, there was like no one out. I, I needed a certain amount of money in order to pay the rent um, a couple days later. So I was like all nervous to begin with. Yeah. And no one had been out. So I'd already been up the street like performing for no one for, for fucking like... And I was just playing music because I, I don't swallow swords unless I have a crowd because it is a very, very dangerous, very dangerous thing. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, and so when I walked down there, um, I didn't even know what, what was going on there. I just saw a bunch of people outside. And I was like, finally, a group of people. But I also know the, like, the EDM community is generally Terrible to busk for. Yeah, they
0: don't they're they're living off the the careless winds as well. Right,
1: exactly. And so they like everybody wants to watch. You'll get a huge crowd. You won't make um, any money. Make nothing. Yeah. Like sometimes literally nothing. And that is a terrible feeling. Oh yeah. For I mean cuz cuz it feel cuz not not because even I'm expecting any money at that point. It's that you know that some of those people absolutely could have parted with some money, uh like could have. They had the had the resources to but but didn't because they felt
0: I would say they're too like, naive and, and right to understand what, what it actually the, is. What what yeah, how it's how it's just another thing in the light show, so to
1: Right, say. exactly. And that, and so it leaves one feeling like a spectacle, right. and not like another human being. Um, and that doesn't feel good. No, that does. And and um, so yeah. So I I don't I but I, I I wouldn't have normally stopped there to perform, and I'm glad I did because we ran into each other. Yeah. But but I um, and I did end up making some money uh, at that at that with that show. Like it was like twelve bucks, but I was twelve bucks that I needed. Yeah. You know, so I was I was grateful for it, but I was also very uncomfortable from the beginning having had experiences in the past with that general like crowd um and performing for them um and knowing how when I was like all fucked up like that uh, all the time. You wouldn't have Yeah, it. I wouldn't have fucking yeah. yeah. Dude, well actually I probably would have, but I, you I if I had it, had it. If I had had it, it, I probably wouldn't have had it. Though I would have spent it all already on fucking getting where I needed to get, you know, yeah. getting high, and and so anyways, like uh, I was nervous as fuck. Is my point as <laughs> yeah. a result of all? I was really fucking nervous then um, because I felt like vulnerable and and not in a good way, and in, in the fact that like I did start performing that night, a completely with an expectation. Of, of how much money I needed to make. So I was fucked to begin with. And, and B, knowing that I was about to perform for a crowd that I thought was gonna be a terrible audience. Mm. Um, and so, and they were, and the worst part about it, usually, honestly, also, the, the worst part about being made to feel like a spectacle um, and and over time, I've 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 like uh, you know gotten good enough at dealing with hecklers that it, that it's not really that a concern anymore. But but on certain days at certain times, I'm just not in a state where, where I'm ready to respond to that. Huh. Um, and and so but but that crowd. Was the fucking worst mm-hmm. when it came to that. They're all like... Because 'cause they're all like, again, like you said, just another you know thing in the light show. They're all like coming up, like, dude, I can swallow that sword. Dude, huh. can you swallow this? Is glow sick? Can being, you swallow, you know, and all that shit? And and I, and being
0: one of those people, like, I, I went there, I, I came downtown to see the headlining show, yeah, for Lucidia, and it was like you were that you came up and started right in between, like right before oh, they yeah, started it was the
2: worst.
1: Too. Yeah, yeah, and you
0: had no. Co- conception of what actually
1: no, was even all. going on in
0: there not at all man well I really appreciate you letting me spend the evening with you and
1: uh to do this dude I'm I I, I am honored I am, I am honored. honored well good I'm if we if we can all be honored <laughs> uh,
0: we will have done our job yeah um so what so what's uh what's in the pipe for you dude let's do some dream projections um let's both say something that we want to want to do that we've never hmm. done.
1: You know I'm trying to think of something and I, and I don't want to say anything flippant, you know, or or crass. Um and so I'm I was sitting here really because like we've been talking about these things tend to happen sometimes. And and so I, you know, it's something that I I sort of hold hold sacred uh, mm. to an extent, and I don't I don't want to um, be. Um...
0: So you were thinking of some things. Yes. So was I. Well, I and was I'll thinking of nothing.
1: Oh, you were. Yeah, I was. I was waiting for something to come to me. I couldn't honestly think of anything that uh, like I feel the need for right now that I don't have, and that is, uh, I, I'm I'm happy about that. But there, there, are, there are plenty of things in my life that I wish were different, but don't know in what way they would be different better than they are right now. I want to be able you to know. take
0: more naps
1: nice. in a week. Yeah.
0: I want to be able to like wake up and like spend three hours avoiding work. And then deciding to work for two hours and then yeah. not having to work the rest oh, of the day?
1: Oh, that'd be great.
0: Yeah.
1: That would be great.
0: I want two you know, hours of work a day. Every...
1: You know what? I do know. <laughs> okay, hit me. I do know. You Okay, you got me there. What I what I would like, my goal in all of this right now, as far as I can see into the future, um, which isn't very far at, at, at the moment, um, and, and I don't need to see very far into the future, but like as far as all of the like um all of the various parts of my life that exist right now are uh I would like to be able to use performance as a way to be of service And dealing with specifically with quote unquote addiction which I would also like to say to everyone who is listening I think is a completely incorrect word for whatever mental quote unquote mental illness we deal with. You so you, um, do you
0: think it's a disease?
1: I think it is a sort of well yes, I do. But I think it's a conglomeration of uh you know, a sort of like uh
0: involuntary response to the System we were birthed into.
1: Yes, I do. Me too. I think that it is a difference in in um, purpose and makeup that we feel directionless in dealing with in our culture because we don't have the same spiritual guides that we would have uh, in in other points in times and other cultures. And mm-hmm. I and uh, and you know and I feel the same way about a lot of mental illness. But I also believe that as long as things are looked at from a compassionate standpoint first and foremost period like our our psychology is is very powerful and it can healthily address a lot of a lot of these things because it in and of itself is is a guide through these you know, things that can be conceived as like plainly chemical reactions in the brain or as a spiritual experience. Either way, um, you know, they're sort of different modalities of conceiving of the same essential experience. And, and as long as they are done from a, from a viewpoint of compassion and understanding and, and guidance rather than like judgment and punishment and uh, definition, uh, then, then I, I think it can all you know be effective in in dealing with this stuff uh, and i and i think there's no reason to take just one or the other either um
0: so basically we got we got to end on that Okay. because yes to all that okay it's up it's up to us as individuals to decide what does work and what doesn't work
1: and i want to fuck
0: <laughs> well us like
2: a 5 dude all
1: right brother Uh, That was a good one. That was a good one. The beast in me
2: Is caged by frail and fragile bars Restless by day And by night rants and rages at the stars God in me, has had to learn to live with pain, and how to shelter from the rain, and
1: Okay, edit that part out. Okay, what position exactly was I in when I stopped? (laughs) God help the beast in me.
2: Sometimes it tries to kid me that it's just a teddy bear. Even somehow managed to vanish in the air, and that is when I must beware of the beast in me. Everybody knows they've seen him out dressed in my clothes. Pattingly unclean